0: Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message.
1: Every week I read or hear about another person or family Losing something during this time of, uh, of crisis and economic uncertainty. And as they hurt, I hurt. Pastors hurt when their congregants hurt. And what I find myself doing is hurting on two fronts. The first is this. I empathize with them. I understand what it is like to lose things, I understand what it is like to uh, be fearful or anxious about the future. And so I hurt with these individuals and these families as they uh, wrestle with the loss of things in their life. But the second way that I hurt is I wonder if they will grieve this, if they will work through their loss properly, because I know the impact personally, and I've watched it in my years of ministry, of loss that is not processed well. It leads to infection in our heart, and an infection in our heart begins to impact other areas of our life. And so that's the reason I'm doing this two-part series that I'm calling A Better Kind of Grief. If you've tuned in today, I believe God has something that He wants to say to you. If somebody sent you this link, I believe especially God has something that He would like to say to you. Now, part one of this I preached two weeks ago, and if you didn't hear part one, it's available on YouTube, and it's also available in an audio version on the iTunes podcast and on our website. But uh, I would encourage you, don't stop this one, finish listening to this, and then go back and listen to the other message. It is my personal belief that every person listening today has experienced recently some kind of loss. If you have not experienced any kind of loss during this pandemic, then you are a rare individual because all of us have experienced loss of some kind. And what I've learned in my years of ministry is this. Most of us find ourselves unprepared for life's losses. As a culture, we do not know how to grieve well. Author Norman Wright, in his book, Experiencing Grief, says this, In a culture that doesn't like to acknowledge loss or talk about the impact, it's difficult to grieve. And when we add this silence to the fact that most of us have never been taught the process and normalcy of grief, no wonder we struggle. Losses must be grieved. The losses we're going through now must be grieved. Losses from our past that if they haven't been grieved well yet need to be grieved, they must be grieved properly. And as believers, we can grieve well. We can learn how to grieve properly. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, the Apostle Paul wrote this statement, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Our command as believers is this, do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. As followers of Jesus, we can grieve, we should grieve, but we grieve with hope. The context of this passage, of course, is a death, death of a loved one, death of a believer. But it is my belief, and I believe that the the Scripture backs me up, that we can grieve all of our losses, and we can grieve them with hope, 2. As followers of Jesus, you may have lost a job, you may have lost a vacation, a promotion, you may have had a reduction in your resources, lost resources, your business may have closed, Uh, a relationship may have deteriorated, fallen apart, maybe you've even lost a marriage. These are losses and each one of these losses must be grieved well. Whenever there is a loss, there will be grief, says Norm Wright. But some do not grieve or mourn. Some make a choice not to express all the feelings inside so their grief is accumulated. The result will be an emotional infection. What I'm doing in this series, I'm looking at two approaches to loss and grief. The conventional approach or society's approach and then God's approach to grief. Um, We're going to take a look at both systems. I'm going to illustrate both systems. And then at the close, I'm going to ask you to decide which one do you feel is the better way to grieve. Now two weeks ago, we looked at the conventional approach to loss and grief. And there were six things that I went over. Society says, bury your feelings. Replace your loss. Grieve alone. Let time heal. Live with regret. And never trust again back at my former church I had a lady that was on staff she was a widow her husband had passed away Uh, by the name of Carol, we call her Pastor Carol, Uh, and she was my pastor to senior adults and helped around the office. And uh, We have a good relationship, in fact I I spoke with her even this week because I was going to share a story that she sent to me and I just wanted to get her permission again to share it with you both here at uh, CFA and then online. And um, I was teaching material on grief years ago and Pastor Carol shared with me from her life, something that took place where they didn't know what to do with their loss, they didn't know what to do with their grief, and because of that, they suffered for years. Finally, of course, they were able to work through, with the help of our Lord Jesus Christ, their grief, and they went on and had a very fruitful life in ministry. But there was a time where this grief just was below the surface, not being dealt with. Let me me read to you Carol's story. I was very young, married just over a year, and anxiously awaiting our first baby when it became apparent that something wasn't right. This was before the age of sonograms, etc., so it was only our family, family doctor's opinion. He sent me to a specialist hundreds of miles away. We were pastoring our first church, Assembly of God, Long Pine, Nebraska, and I went to Sioux Falls to seek a specialist, and I had to stay there about six weeks waiting for the birth while my husband Dick commuted back to our church to continue his work. Our son was born and we were told that he wouldn't, couldn't live long due to a congenital condition. 18 hours later, the nurse came into my hospital room and told us that Stephen had died. Following on her heels was the doctor telling us never to have another child. This was due to my being adopted and having no medical history of my birth family. This was a double whammy, a low blow to an already shattered couple. After burying the body of that precious little boy and my release from the hospital several days later, we made our way back to Nebraska to our home. When we entered the parsonage, we noticed immediately that someone had removed all of the baby furniture, the clothing, and every semblance of a baby to a secluded back room. No one knew what to say or how to help us grieve. It took us years upon years to recover from the whole trauma. Thank God that he saw us through that very difficult time, kept our marriage intact, and also that he allowed us in time to safely carry and deliver two healthy babies. In this story, you can see how this couple and their congregation used many of the steps of the conventional approach to grief. And I'm not criticizing what they did. Uh, They were not told, they were not modeled how to grieve well, so they did the best they could with the information that they had. But bury your feelings. These were not people who expressed their feelings openly, and they certainly didn't express them with each other, so they buried their feelings. And they replaced the loss. The furniture, the clothing, the baby items were put away as if nothing had happened, as if a pregnancy had not even occurred. Dick and Carol had to grieve alone. The church didn't know what to do. And I'm certain that they thought they were doing what was best, leaving them alone, letting them grieve alone. But since no one wanted to talk about the loss, Pastor Carol and her husband, Pastor Dick, grieved alone. I think they expected that their pastor and his wife would be okay because, after all, time heals all wounds. Now because Dick and Carol were Christians, God was able to help them to recover, to help them heal. But I wonder, what if they would have known how to grieve properly? What if their church had already been taught and modeled how to grieve properly? God's way, this better kind of grief that I'm talking about. How much better would life and ministry have been for the Krenz family? See, most of us are unprepared for life's losses. We don't know how to deal with the pain of death or a divorce or severe illness or accidents or financial devastation or the loss of employment. Some of you right now are not certain how to deal with the losses you're dealing with. That's why I'm talking to you today. That's why you're watching me today. God needs to speak to you about something to help you to walk through and to process your loss and grief well. See, God has a plan for us to deal with our losses. It's a better plan than society gives us. It's a better kind of grief. So, let's look at God's approach to grief. Number one, society says bury your feelings, but God says feel your feelings. Don't shut them down. Feel them. Don't bury them. Really feel them to the fullest extent. Feel them when they often come up. Let your feelings out. We read from 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to read this again. Don't grieve like those who have no hope. But it does say grieve. It doesn't say don't grieve. It just says don't grieve like those who have no hope. But we do need to grieve. Feel your feelings at the loss if someone has died and you've lost them. Feel your feelings at the loss of your graduation or the loss of your child's graduation. Feel your feelings at the loss of that vacation that you've been planning for for maybe a year. Feel your feelings at the loss of a promotion or of your marriage or of another relationship. And hear me, don't talk yourself out of feeling because what you lost is nothing in, in comparison to what someone else has lost. Don't do that. They will grieve their loss, but you need to grieve your loss also. I recently heard a story that took place during this pandemic of a lady who was coming up on a milestone birthday. It was one of those double zero birthdays. And she was kind of excited because she was part of a fun-loving family. And her family loved to celebrate, loved to celebrate birthdays. And this was one of those milestone birthdays. So she was anticipating what her husband and kids were possibly going to be doing, what plans that they had, were there going to be black balloons, all those type of things. And then the country shut down. The pandemic took place, restaurants closed, they were sheltering in place, and her milestone birthday came and it wasn't much more than any other day. She worked from the house, helped homeschool her kids. Certainly there were happy birthdays, but it wasn't the same. All of that anticipation of a wonderful celebration. And sure, they thought maybe they could do something later, but it wasn't the same. This lady was hurting, but then she said, but I shouldn't feel so bad. I mean, there are people that are hurting far more than I am right now. She knew of people who had lost jobs. She knew of people that were laid off and unemployment wasn't coming in. She knew of people whose relationships were suffering so badly because of this sheltering-in-place order. And she thought, I shouldn't be hurting about just missing this dumb milestone birthday. And she even started to criticize herself. But luckily, she was a woman of maturity uh, in her faith walk, and she knew how men and women were wired. And she chose to realize that even though it wasn't as big as what other people were going through, it was still a loss. And she allowed herself to feel her loss, to feel the feelings. So she processed her loss well. Here is something I want everyone to understand. Unmet expectations... And a loss is an unmet expectation. You are expecting to keep your job or you are expecting this relationship to go on. Unmet expectations can lead to resentment. Losses can lead to resentment. If we don't deal with and grieve a loss properly, even though it is small, it can still get into our hearts and resentments can form. See, society says, bury your feelings. God says, feel your feelings. Deal with that so resentment doesn't come in. Secondly, society says, replace your loss. God says, review the loss. Hang out in that sad place long enough to allow the full effect of the loss to come over you. Hang out in the loss of your job, the loss of your promotion, or the loss of a loved one, or the loss of your marriage. Hang out there. And I'm honest said this when I was talking about this last time and going to say it again, I don't do this well, and I don't think a lot of us do this well. I think men are really bad at this. We don't like to hang out in loss and pain. I want to get out with my life. I want this behind me. I want to get behind, get, get behind me, pain. <laughs> I want to replace the sadness and those feelings as quickly as possible. But when I don't review the loss, When I don't feel my feelings, I end up with emotional infection. And I've been there. I'll share a little bit more later with some of the emotional infection in my life and and what it did to me. A Christian counselor said this. uh, She learned this in her practice. It's my experience that people want to run from their pain. Oh, man, that is so true. It's my experience that people want to run from their pain. They want to replace pain with another feeling as soon as they can. We don't want to feel our feelings. We don't want to review our loss. But to recover from pain, you've got to face it. You've got to stand in it. You've got to process it before it will dissipate. That's God's way. The better kind of grief is to feel your feelings. The better kind of grief is to review your loss. Number three, culture says we should grieve alone. God says grieve in community. Romans 12.15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. We're a community. We're a family. We are told throughout the New Testament to be there for one another, to encourage each other, to help one another. And of course, Romans 12.15 says, Experience one another's emotions. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Now, if you're dealing with a loss right now, a loss that hurts may be caused by the collapse of things during this pandemic don't grieve alone reach out to those around you it's it's a it's a tendency we all have say i don't want to bother people this isn't that big of a deal don't do that you need to process and don't grieve alone talk to someone about your loss feel those feelings express those feelings to them There may be nothing that they're going to say that's going to help you, but just the fact that you're not grieving alone will make a big difference. Reach out to someone. Society says, bury your feelings, replace your loss, grieve alone. God says, feel your feelings, review your loss, grieve in community. Fourth, society says, time will heal. But God says, let the Holy Spirit heal. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, Paul wrote to the church and he told them and he reminded them that God is the God of all comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. God is there to comfort you in your grief. The Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. It's also translated comforter. It's also translated helper, depending on the translation. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort and to heal. He is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. There's point three again. Because God has already helped you, because God has comforted you, because the Holy Spirit is working to heal you, then you can reach out in community to others who are hurting, and you can comfort them with the comfort we, are, we ourselves received from God. Reverend Bill Hybels makes this statement. It's, it's a pretty powerful statement raw time does not heal a thing buried pain leaks into our emotional system and wreaks havoc there it distorts our perceptions of life and taints our relationships and that contamination happens subconsciously as a teen and as a young adult I didn't deal with my losses in a constructive manner there were hurts and there were losses there were disappointments and I buried my feelings. I stuffed them down. I wanted to get away from them and get behind them. I ignored my feelings. I expected they'd get better over time just as time progressed. And as I moved on, I would get better. And I did. I would move on with my, my life quickly and replace the loss. And rarely would I speak about my losses. And it set me up for difficulties the older I got. See, because this unprocessed loss leaked into other areas of my life. I found it leaking into relationships I found it leaking into anger and temper Uh, I would explode I would blow up and oftentimes the expression of anger had nothing to do with what just was taking place at that time it was like I had all this emotional energy pent up that just exploded like a volcano and unfortunately it would explode on those around me most of the time those I loved I lost friendships after I became a Jesus follower God led me to become part of a church that spoke about deep unresolved pain and hurt and the need that we have to let God heal us and touch us deep in our emotional soul I began to see that I had some issues. Uh, Norm Wright calls it emotional infection. I think it's a great word. That's what I had. I had emotional infection. And so I started to deal with my loss and with my grief properly. And I made it an ongoing part of my life. I started to speak about my disappointments. I started to speak about my pain with individuals that I, I trusted. And it began to free me and my life was being transformed we need to we need to not ignore not ignore our grief time does not heal but the holy spirit heals and through me asking god to come and to heal my heart and my life i was being transformed into a new person society says number five live with regrets of unfinished business god says express your regrets This point more focuses on losses of uh, death when we've lost a loved one and and that loved one passed away and there's unresolved issues there's unexpressed words maybe words of, of love and appreciation maybe words of forgiveness needed to be offered and now they're gone and society says well you just live with the regret you just push it aside you live with it but God says no 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 there's a way around this in Romans chapter 12 verse 18 the Bible says if it is possible As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do your part to deal with the unfinished business. Do your part to bring closure. Even if the individual that um, you're you're grieving or the unfinished business is with has already passed away. A man was in a tension-filled relationship with his father. He was rebellious towards his father. And many harsh words were said. And in the middle of this tension and hostility, his dad suddenly died of a heart attack. All of the sadness over the unfinished business just about overwhelmed this man. Finally, he sought out a Christian counselor who took him to Romans 12.18, which says that at least you can make peace on your side. Remember, as much as it depends on you, live at peace. You can make peace on your side. For six months... They went over the dynamics of their relationship, he and his father that is now gone. They processed the pain and the regrets, and then the counselor challenged the young man to write a final letter to his dad in order to express that which was unexpressed and to bring closure to the relationship. The man stated that this was the most difficult thing he had ever done in his life, but he did it. He wrote a 30-page letter and he read it word for word to his mom, to his brothers and sisters in the company of the counselor. And afterwards, the man said, when it was over, a weight lifted that I had carried for almost a decade. He made peace on his side. As far as it depended on him, he was at peace with his father. See, God says we don't have to live with our regrets. We don't have to carry around a heavy load of unfinished business. We can work out the unfinished business on our side with God's help. Number six, society says, be careful about getting too close again. Because if you trust, you might lose that person or you might lose that thing and you will again get hurt. So don't trust again. But God says, you can trust again By first trusting me. You can trust again by first trusting me. Put me at the center of your life and you can face all of life's pain and losses. This is God's call to us. Put me at the center of your life and you can face all of life's pain and losses. I think I'm speaking to someone who is away from God right now. One time maybe you had a relationship with God, you were following God, but that's kind of gone by the wayside. And you're dealing with a lot of pain and loss right now. But God says, put me at the center. Or put me back at the center of your life. And you can deal with all of life's pain and losses. See, you can never lose Jesus Christ. Because as a Jesus follower, Jesus lives within you. And he loves you unconditionally if you're a Jesus follower, if Jesus is the boss of your life, you have him right inside of you to help you process pain, to heal wounds, and to help you trust human relationships again. And he wants to heal you. He wants to be invited into your pain. See, this was interesting for me when I was dealing with my own pain and loss. It was like, I I should be able to handle this or I should be able to get it right. And as I was explained, what uh, God wanted to do, it was like the people at my church were saying, no, invite Jesus into your pain and loss. Invite him in. He wants to help you process this. I was raised to pull myself up by the bootstraps, to handle things myself. And so it was kind of humbling, but I did. And really, that's what the scripture says about Jesus. In Luke's gospel, chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus, quoting from the prophet Isaiah, claims the words that Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah. These are the words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He is sent to heal the brokenhearted. Loss breaks our hearts. Some, it's a small break. Others, the loss is great, and it's a big break. Jesus is there to heal the brokenhearted, and he wants to be invited into your pain. When someone or something gets ripped out of your life, you have Jesus. When job loss, financial ruin, divorce, rejection, betrayal, and all other pain come your way, you still have a foundation in Jesus. Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The hymn writer wrote, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You can count on Him. You can trust again because you're first trusting in Him. With God at the center, you can trust because you will never lose that which is most important. The conventional approach to loss and grief is bury your feelings, replace your loss, grieve alone, time will heal, live with regrets, don't trust again. God's approach is feel your feelings, review your loss, grieve in community, let the Holy Spirit heal, express your regrets, trust God, put Him at the center of your life. And I know that God's approach to grief and loss and pain works. I told you, as a teen and a young man, I did not deal with loss and pain. And it showed as I got older. But since I have learned to do and to process the way God says, using God's message of dealing with pain, loss, and grief, my life has had far less emotional infection. Norman Wright says this, it's true that feelings can be held back and bottled up but not for long see that's what was happening with me my feelings were being held back and bottled up but then they would explode like a volcano of anger and temper it is true that feelings can be held back and bottled up but not for long if you don't let them out you'll discover that they will find their own means of expression your storage space is only so large it has limits and when it's full Feelings spill out, causing confusion, turmoil, or a rash of physical ailments. Putting your feelings and thoughts into words gives them shape and meaning. Expressing them to others means you're not having to carry their weight by yourself. It also gives you a freedom to overcome them. Sometimes it provides you with the freedom to be free of them. If you don't give them a voice, they will still find away and often they explode. My heart personally has far less resentment, far less unresolved issues, far less emotional infection, but it does take work. I've learned the value of what Reverend Bill Heibel said, if you grieve right, you can live afterwards. If you grieve wrongly, all bets are off. I believe that my marriage Is partly the way it is because I learned to handle loss before I got married I was in a relationship when I was uh, still in this state of not dealing with loss as well and it was a relationship that I thought was going well but it, it, it broke apart it fell apart partially maybe even mostly because of the way I handled things and I'm really glad that that relationship didn't move forward into marriage Because I needed to process some things in my life. I needed to allow Jesus to do some healing. But now my wife Sherry and I, we have a wonderful marriage and uh, uh, ministry. I just love the way ministry is going. Sure, there are scars left over from those hurts and pains. The scars will be there. Sometimes I even have to go back and still process some of the old pain. But I have learned to grieve rightly. Now I want to pray for you. If this was an in-person service and not an online service, I would probably have you raise your hand in response to a statement that, um, is God talking to you about the impact of loss in your life and places where you haven't grieved well? Are you an individual who right now would say, boy, I've identified with this message and I'd like you to pray for me, Pastor, because I need to go back and deal with some things. I'd have individuals here in the sanctuary, raise their hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. It's just, it's just a way of them acknowledging that they need God. It's just a way of them humbling themselves and admitting that they need help. Well, you're not here, but you're at home. Maybe you're alone. Maybe you'd like just to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you. What I'd like you to do is to say, God, God, I need help. I think I'm being impacted by losses that I have not grieved well. I need help help me God speak that to yourself not to yourself actually speak it in prayer to God and I'm gonna pray over you and I'm gonna pray for you and I want you to expect that God not only is hearing my prayer and your prayer he's already beginning to respond he's already beginning to work in your heart that may mean that you're gonna have to uh, re Relook at some pain, re-look at some loss. Maybe it's a current loss right now. It's something that you're going through that you really haven't realized that you need to, to grieve this loss. Or maybe it's a loss that goes back years or decades that you need to revisit with the help of the Holy Spirit and walk through the process again of feeling your feelings, reviewing your loss, grieving in community, um, tying up some loose ends, Letting the regrets be stated and come out. And allowing the Holy Spirit to heal you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, there are people sitting in their living rooms or their kitchens. Maybe they're watching at a desk. Or maybe they're reclining in their in their bed or on a sofa watching. But right now they can sense that there is some unresolved issues there are places where stuffed emotion and stuffed feelings of loss and grief are breaking out in other ways some, for some it's breaking out in depression for others like me it was breaking out in anger for some there's someone I'm talking to right now it's it's not anger they would say it's rage and they work so hard to hold it in But Lord you want to reach down and begin to heal Lord for the man for the woman for the teenager that is watching for there's a senior citizen watching who really has some unresolved issues that go back many many years you still want to help heal and set them free Lord in Jesus name help each person that identified that they need your help to process loss help them to identify it help them to walk through the steps that they may begin to live life at a newer, higher, and better level. I pray this in the most powerful name there is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.